Hey, when you have health insurance, it's easy to forget about those out-of-pocket costs. Now, that could be a lot of money, but are your medical bills accurate? Now, it's estimated that over 50% of medical bills actually contain errors. Now, HealthLock can help. HealthLock technology securely connects with your insurance and flags any overbilling, wrong codes, or fraud. Now, you can even have HealthLock work on your behalf to get money back from select past bills. Now, to date, HealthLock has helped its members save over $130 million. Check them out online, healthlock.com. Go there today. Now, nowadays, 20 bucks barely gets you a burger and fries or maybe a quarter of a tank of gas if you're lucky. You know what it will get you, though? For just $20 a month, you can get unlimited talk and text and plenty of 5G data from my cell phone company, Pure Talk. Make the switch today, and if you do it today, you save an additional 50% off your first month. They use the same 5G network, same cell towers as the big carriers, and most families saving close to $1,000 a month. Just go to puretalk.com slash Sean, that's Sean, S-E-A-N. Make the switch today so you can actually afford that burger and fries. Are you being influenced? Well, if you watched the blockbuster film in the last decade, well, then there's a chance it has been influenced by the Chinese Communist Party. Now, here's the reality. The CCP may be running the largest influence campaign in history. Now, in Hollywood Takeover, brought to you by the Epic Times, well, investigative reporter Tiffany Meyer reveals how the CCP exerts control over some major studios. Don't miss the most important documentary about Hollywood yet. And for a limited time, you can watch the first 10 minutes for free when you go to the website, hollywoodtakeover.com slash Sean, S-E-A-N. iPatriots.us is a new conservative alternative to liberal-based email services. It's secure, private, and safe, no ads or spam. And they won't collect or sell your data ever. Go to iPatriots.us right now. Pick your membership and at checkout, select your own iPatriots email address. Enter promo code USA10 for 10% savings during your first year of membership. All right, glad you're with us. Happy Friday, and welcome to the Sean Hannity Show. We've got a pretty cool thing that we're going to be doing with Fox News in the uh, days ahead. Um, Something I've resisted almost my entire career. It's not going to be a whole show thing, but I think it's going to be something that you all like. Um, Today has been a phenomenal day for the country and for the president of the United States. Um, I told you when I got back from vacation, I didn't watch a lot of news, but I, my observations were very, very keen. It, it's, it's, it's transparent. This is not, I'm not reinventing the wheel here, but I just came to the conclusion that something very evident is happening within the country and it's something we're going to have to get used to. And it's something that is going to have to be dealt with. And that is that there's, you, you've got these forces that wake up every single second, every single hour, minute of every single day, and all they care about is destroying the president of the United States. That's it. And you can see it most obviously with the media. It is 24-7. I mean, Jill Abramson and the New York Times basically saying their reporting is abusively biased against Donald Trump. That pretty much speaks volumes, right? But it's every cable network except our little oasis on Fox, Hannity, 9 Eastern. And what you're going to see is never-ending, 
investigations. You know, the things that we heard, and I'm going to play all of this for you in the course of the program, but, you know, we have a new member of Congress. We are going to impeach the MFR, meaning Donald Trump. You've got uh, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez proposing, get this, a 70% tax rate on the super wealthy. She wants to fund what is known as a new green deal. That's what they're calling it. This is the single most radical group of people ever elected in United States history. You're watching the, the beginnings of socialism rising in America and what that means. I'll give you an example. If you live in New York City or state, well, that means 70 percent of every dime you make would go to the federal government. Then another 10% goes to the state government. And then another 4%, if you work in New York City and you live outside the city or live in the city, another 4% for them. Then if you live outside the city in counties like Westchester, Nassau, or Suffolk County, the highest property taxed counties in the entire country. So we start the day with something the media wasn't expecting. And that is that, oh, Manufacturing under Donald Trump is the best it has now been in 20 years, in two decades. Manufacturing created 284,000 jobs in 2018. We're now up to 400,000 new manufacturing jobs. And if you go back to the Obama years, those were the jobs Obama said were never coming back. Well, if you live in western Pennsylvania... If you live in Ohio and Michigan and you live in Wisconsin and you took the chance, Donald Trump said, well, you know, what have you got to lose? Well, you had a lot to gain. And it's even better than that. The president now, since he's been elected, we're talking about five million new jobs for this country. Five million. The president, we know in one of his top accomplishments of last year that nobody in the media talks about we produce more energy, more oil than both Saudi Arabia and Russia. And for the first time in decades and decades, the United States is energy independent. Now, that's good for national security, but it's even going to be better when these pipelines are finished, when Anwar is opened up, because those are going to be literally millions of high-paying career jobs that are available for Americans. I mean, and it's the lifeblood of our economy. But construction is holding, manufacturing is up, healthcare is up, retail is up, and 312,000 new jobs created just in December alone, not a number that was predicted by anybody. Um, with all the talk about the stock market and its more recent decline, precipitous decline, but the, you know, with the, you know, balanced off by the fact they never raised interest rates during the Obama years. The Fed was instrumental in helping prop up the economy for Barack Obama, and they never put the pressure of higher interest rates on his economy because it was doing so poorly, but you're still up 30% from where we were. I'm not a big stock market person. Then you have all the record low unemployment where Hispanic unemployment in America is now hit another record low in December. We have record low unemployment uh, rates for African-Americans, Hispanic-Americans, Asian-Americans, women in the workplace, youth unemployment. Um, the American people, well, what was 2016 about? It wasn't about Russia, but it was about 
the 13 million additional Americans on food stamps under Obama. It was about the 8 million additional Americans in poverty under Obama. That's what it was about. So we got 312,000 new jobs for the month of December alone, all sectors benefiting. The Dow skyrockets and rebounds as a result of all this. And this is where it gets fascinating. Because the Democrats never told you what they really were planning to do. I said, look, you got to pay attention because they do have an agenda. There are a couple of people like Maxine Waters that would go out and say, impeach 45, impeach 45. They always wanted to impeach. Nancy Pelosi wants to raise taxes. They're in the process of doing such. And they want to raise taxes. If you look at the new rising star in the Democratic Party, Ocasio-Cortez, again, she wants a 70% top marginal tax rate. With the economy booming and you have a 70% tax rate, what do you think people that make money are going to do? Well, they're going to do the opposite of what Donald Trump has been incentivizing to do, which is to invest in cities and towns and revitalize the economies in places like Pittsburgh and Wisconsin and Michigan and Ohio. That's all going to go away because, well, maybe they're rich people and maybe Democrats want to create this, this jealousy, this divide, but the divide is going to be, oh, we're taking our money and we're going to invest where we have a better rate of return. So um, that, I mean, she says this on 60 Minutes. Now, I predicted, and one of the reasons we started Hannity Watch is I predicted that the Democratic Party is going to lose it. The Democratic Party is not going to be promoting policies that will benefit the men and women in this country. And I kept saying to you, well, we're going to have Hannity Watch on the economy. We're going to have Hannity Watch on media hypocrisy. Uh, We're going to have Hannity Watch on Democratic hypocrisy. Remember, they all... Four years ago, they were willing to build a wall on our southern border. We'll have Hannity Watch on indoctrination on college campuses. We'll have Hannity Watch on Hollywood hypocrisy and their radical agenda that they like to push through movies and in in the public domain. We're going to have Hannity Watch on the border, Hannity Watch on the rise of socialism. And it's all going to be filtered through a simple question. Is this in your best interest? Is this in your family's best interest? Is this in the United States of America's best interest? So we've got a new Congress. I guess it was their day to be giddy yesterday. And they're all lapping up the new, the new power trip that they're on. And they lost it. I told you in 100 days, 100 days, the entire country is going to know just how radical this new Congress is. Let's start, cut one, uh, Rashida uh, Tlaib, and is that how you say her last name? I think so. And we are going to impeach the MFR. Impeach the MFR, talking about the President of the United States. People love you, and you win. And when your son looks at you and says, Mama, look, you won, bullies don't win. And I said, baby, they don't, because we're going to go in there, we're going to impeach the mother Well, impeach the MFR. Okay. Then let's take it to Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, 
proposing the 70% tax rate. Again, that's not something they ran on. This is what she said. There's an element where, yeah, there, people are going to have to start paying their fair share in taxes. Do you have a specific on the tax rate? You know, you look at our tax rates back in the 60s, and when you have a progressive tax rate system, your tax rate, you know, let's say from zero to $75,000 may be 10% or 15%, et cetera. But once you get to like the tippy tops, uh, on your 10 millionth dollar, uh, sometimes you see tax rates as high as 60 or 70%. That doesn't mean all $10 million are taxed at an extremely high rate, but it means that as as you climb up this ladder, you should be contributing more. You should be contributing more. Okay. Um, what does she think? Though I've never got a job, and I know many of you listen to this program for many years. You know my jobs. I bus. I was a paper boy at eight, dishwasher at twelve, cook at thirteen, bus boy, waiter, bartender house painting contractor, wallpaper hanger, framer, roofer, uh, shipbuilding. I mean, I did it all. And it was two decades of my life. I actually loved it in many ways. Um, when I worked in restaurants or I did remodeling work, I kind of became and evolved into a, a Finnish specialist. I had a good eye for detail. And I never worked for a poor person. They were not able to afford the services that I provided. I never got a tip in a restaurant from a poor person. And the idea, I know, I go to a steakhouse in New York. I go to Del Frisco's or Ruth Chris. And these guys work really hard serving customers in the hopes that they're going to get good tips so that they can pay their rent and, and pay their car payments. So now she wants to confiscate what would be the equivalent, if you lived in her state of New York, of 85 cents of every dollar. Well, that means the rich people won't be buying boats that they like for recreationally. They're not going to be taking expensive vacations anymore. And they probably won't be investing their money in America anymore because it won't be profitable for them. Okay, how does that impact people in the restaurant business, the hotel business, the travel industry, the building business, if they're going to pull their money back? That, that is the rise of socialism that is the false promise of government saving you from every aspect of life. Then you got Nina Turner, another new member of Congress. Republicans need to change the presidents of the United States diapers. Here we go. President was, he's a whiner. He whines like a baby. <laughs> he's a liar and he's a whiner. And I think what needs to happen is the Republicans got to go over there and change the president's diapers, Don. That's what this is coming down to, so that he can cut it out so that the grown folks, the big girls and the big boys can go around the table, sit around the table and do what is necessary for this government. Number one is to do away with this shutdown so that those 800,000 uh, folks that you talked about, some of those are our neighbors, our relatives, our friends. And even strangers who definitely need their paychecks that they are not getting. So the whining and the line must stop. That's my memo to the president. Okay. Former, by the way, Congresswoman. Um, 800-941-SEAN if you want to be a part of the program. We have more insanity, but the amazing thing about today is Trump took it over. The amazing thing about today is Trump has the better argument on the government shutdown and on the issue of border security. The president said, well, if we have to, we'll keep the government shut for a year. 
whatever it's going to take to stop drugs from being brought into this country, drug trafficking, human trafficking, the dangers of potential terrorists crossing our borders, the danger of gang members and cartels crossing our borders, and having a legal immigration system that keeps every American secure. Now the wall can have a door. It can be a high fence that people can't climb. But I don't see the president giving in. And while Nancy Pelosi can can say she's only going to offer a dollar, that deal's never going to happen. Nor is Mitch McConnell going to bring up any of their bills in the Senate. So it's very different than the way the media is portraying things. They don't have the juice to get anything done unless they go through the president. And the president made that very clear today. Smoking is not about politics. It's about people. There are 34 million Americans that smoke. But for me, Juul was a game changer because you switch to Juul. It's simple. It's satisfying. And no more smell. I watch people all the time. They run outside in the freezing cold. It could be grabbing their cigarette. Well, with Juul, you'll take a quick puff and you're good. That's it. Now, Juul is designed with smokers in mind from its form to technology. It's easy to use. No buttons, no switches. And the goal of Juul is is to impact the lives of adult smokers by providing a satisfying alternative. Switch to Juul. You'll wish you had done it a long time ago. To discover the smoking alternative that is nothing like any e-cig vape you have ever tried, go to this website, J-U-U-L-Juul.com slash Switch America. That's J-U-U-L dot com slash Switch America. Warning, this product contains nicotine, and nicotine is an addictive chemical. J-U-U-L dot com slash Switch America. All right, as we roll along, Sean Hannity Show, 800-941-SEAN. Toll-free telephone number you want to be a part of this, this extravaganza. You know, this is one of these things. Everything the Democrats are doing is no, not, they don't have the juice and the power to go anywhere. Now, if the president decides that because of national security, and this just crossed the wires because the president just said it in his recent press conference, and I think the president is right about this, he is now considering declaring a national emergency to build a border, border wall. I can do it if I want, he said, during the press conference in the Rose Garden. We can call a national emergency and do it very quickly. Well, at that point, I would believe that makes the military defense budget money available. But think about it. It is a national security issue. Ninety percent of the heroin coming into America. And you know what's happening with the opioid crisis. These kids are getting addicted and even older people to Vicodin and, and Percocet and Oxycontin. And then they can't afford $80 a pill on the street if they can't get a doctor to prescribe it for them. And then they're, you know, they seek other forms to fill their addiction and they're getting $10 bags of heroin that are often laced with fentanyl. And that results in a death sentence for, you know, over 100,000 Americans every year. That's why this is a national security epidemic. Join Sean's army on Twitter, where we get back to conservative values. All right, the president considering declaring a national emergency as it comes to the border. Democrats are losing their mind. Um, 
and all of this is predictable. Um, you know, what did I say they would do? I said they want their crumbs back. They want impeachment. All right, they moved on impeachment. They want to get rid of the Electoral College now. That's part of their legislation. Now they, the House Democrats announced a bill to force Donald Trump to disclose his tax returns. Uh, that's not going to happen legislatively, period. There's going to be endless investigation. Uh, and the Democrats, though, seemingly seem fearful. And I have to wonder, because when Adam Schiff, Nancy Pelosi, and Gerald Nadler all simultaneously are saying, well, we don't really see a path to impeachment, it sounds like they've gotten either insight or advice about going down that road. Now, we pick presidents. We have a a process for electing presidents, and they're called elections. And when the American people decide on a president, even in spite of all the forces that were against the president, including the deep state, including Russian lies and interference that were paid for by the president's opponent, uh, by literally trying to delegitimize him two full years and now doubling down on one investigation after another, none of these things are helping the American people and yet the president has successfully navigated. Look at what we had, what I discussed with Mike Pompeo last night. With Mike Pompeo, we discussed, oh, North Korea, little rocket man, fire and fury. No more rockets fired every other weekend over Japan. Not threatening Guam, not threatening the entire uh, Korean peninsula. Talks now of denuclearization. That's a win for the president. This is supposed to be, soon to be announced, a, a second a summit meeting with Kim Jong-un. Then you've got China, where the president has been negotiating hard. It has had probably some impact on the markets, but we're still up 30% from when the president took over. That'd be a 15% return a year if you're averaging the two years that he's he's been elected. So not a bad return, although I'm not the biggest fan of the stock market. I always feel a need to tell you that. I don't trust it. And I think a certain amount of it is gambling. But putting that aside, it's still up. It's still a considerable return, uh, especially if you're considering like something safe like a treasury or a muni bond or whatever else people buy. Um, Then you've got the president keeping his promises with the largest tax cuts in history. Then the president has gotten rid of more burdensome regulation than any other president in history combined. And he did it in a year. Uh, that has opened the door where now these pipelines, the Dakota pipeline, the Keystone Access Pipeline are being built. Now America in the last year has become the number one crude oil producer in the entire world, surpassing Russia and and um, Saudi Arabia. And we've only begun the process because we're only talking about crude oil. And we haven't even touched Anwar because they've got to get their equipment and build out their their wells in Anwar, which we're told has decades worth of oil. We now have record low oil prices. I mean, it was getting up to $85 a barrel again and, and just dumped down to the 40s. And maybe some oil companies don't like it, but too bad for them. They're also going to have future competition because of all the natural gas resources we have. And so all of these things are happening under the president. President's put two originalists on the Supreme Court, two names he gave us before he was elected. And the president has kept his promises on on every major big issue and and didn't have a lot of help and support from some Republicans that 
that just don't know how to handle working at the speed of Trump. Now, we did get rid of the mandate as it relates to Obamacare. We still have more work to do on health care. The president wants free market solutions. Now the president is doing what he was elected to do, and that is to fight to secure our southern borders. We know what's going on down there. I've been there now for years. I have reported up close and personal all of the problems we have at our southern border. Uh, Our producer, Linda, and and Sarah Carter put together a nonprofit uh, documentary about the opioid crisis. 90%, tell me if I'm wrong. Oh, we're losing over 100,000 people a year, if I remember from the documentary, right? Because of opioid addiction. About yeah, 90- it's 172 people a day. Yeah, I mean, 172 American people a day. That's and, and a lot of them are kids. And a lot of the drugs, especially the heroin, and a lot of the heroin now laced with fentanyl, that three equivalent grains of fentanyl the size of three grains of salt can kill a 250-pound man. That's showing up all across the country. Uh, the epidemic is destroying small towns and big cities. 90% of that heroin, after people transition from, you know, these pain pills that they can't afford at 80 bucks a pop on the street, then they're getting $10 bags of heroin, you know, made in these godforsaken places. I mean, watch the show Trade or Drugs, Inc. on Nat Geo and Showtime has the trade show, and you're going to see exactly what's going on at the southern border. Then there's human trafficking. Then, of course, there's potential terrorists that want to cross the border. Then there's criminals that want to cross the border, gang members that want to cross the border. Now, I acknowledge that 99% are probably good people that want a better life for themselves and their families, but I'm not worried about them. And if they want to come in, they're just going to have to follow the process like Officer Singh's family did, and he was killed by an illegal that was in the criminal justice system beyond violating our immigration laws And, of course, sanctuary laws protected him, and that allowed him to go out and kill an innocent person, a father of a five-month-old kid. And it's not the first time. We had over a dozen Americans. There was an article yesterday. That's what they're living through. So, you know, when you see the president fight, to me, this was his day. To me, this was the president and the power of the bully pulpit. To me today, the president's saying, well, if I have to— I'm going to declare a national emergency, which will then empower him to build a wall. And that would then the monies are already dedicated because it's a national emergency and asked if he would do it. He said, we can do it. I haven't done it. I may do it. And the government has been partially shut down for 14 days. And most Americans don't particularly care. Now, I do care about people that have mortgages and rents to pay and car payments. And, you know, they shouldn't be caught in this political crossfire. And even though they're not working, I suggest that they get their back pay because through no fault of their own, they probably all want to go to work, although I'm sure they're enjoying their time off. But, you know, they need the money. And if the government was open, they'd work. But that's something that could be done fairly expeditiously. The Democrats show up in Congress and their new membership is referring to the president as a MFR, and we're going to impeach this MFR. When Nancy Pelosi is asked about it, she's fine with it. Apparently, doesn't have a problem with her new colleagues. She didn't win by a particularly large margin. What did she win by a two vote margin? And then like three people changed their vote or something. 
So she's not in the strongest position at all with the new members of Congress. They're going to be pulling her to the hard left. You got never Trumpers like Rick uh, Wilson out there slamming the border as a con for Trump's, you know, what, Rube 10 tooth bases, whatever he's, I mean, it's just insanity. So is she right, Rick, about the president's sure. motives here? This wall is just to keep his base's of attention course. off everything John, else? The wall has always been a con for Donald Trump's credulous Rube ten-tooth base. The wall has always been a scam. It has always been a lie. Nothing about the wall has ever been real, and Donald Trump knows it. He is, he is a guy who has a long history in his career as being a con man. He is conning these people who believe he's going to build a 2,000-mile, 30-foot-high concrete wall with laser moats and alligators in it. It's just crazy. It always has been. Um, I wonder how many times Rick has ever been down there. And he's one of the never Trumpers who's been against the president from the beginning. Look, none of what they say matters to me. It just doesn't. Because if the president continues on foreign policy, let's go back. I mentioned the president keeping his promise, confronting fire, fury, little rocket man. We get we get hostages back. We get remains of our soldiers from the 50s back. We get a halt to the missile testing programs of Kim Jong-un and talk of denuclearization. On China, the president firmly battling a trade deficit that's hurting this country. The trade barriers that have been put up by the Chinese, well, now they're talking about removing the tariffs on American automobiles and cars. Now they're talking about importing uh, American agricultural products like soybeans and broccoli and, and all the things that our farmers are making. Then the president keeps his promise as it relates to the embassy move to Jerusalem. And then the president keeps his promise and gets us out of that horrific Iranian deal and has put a stranglehold now on the Iranian economy, which will bear dividends in the end. And whether you like his position on Syria and Afghanistan and the timing of the pullout, the president hasn't given a timing deadline of any kind, just saying that he doesn't want to stay in these countries forever. Um, and we can provide. Now, we have to be careful because the 9-11 Commission report always said they were at war with us. We weren't at war with them. You don't want the reemergence of al-Qaeda. The ISIS caliphate has been brought to its knees because of the president's change and shift in military policy, which is to win wars and remove the absurd rules of engagement that were in place under the Obama years. And I'm watching Chuck Schumer and company, and I'm thinking, you know, this is pretty amazing stuff. They thought they were going to roll over Trump. I really believe, I personally believe that one way or the other, the president's going to get this wall money and get the wall built. Ideally, he's doing it the right way. You know, the first thing that would happen, and he mentioned this at his press conference, we'll play it later, is that there's going to be some judge shopping that goes on. They'll file a lawsuit somewhere in California where we know the appeal will go directly to the Ninth Circuit. The Ninth Circuit, even with its history of being overturned, you know, some 80% of the time, it just it slows down the process that can take years. So the president is anticipating such, and he's waiting. You got some congressman repeatedly comparing the president. Wasn't this the congressman, I was talking about this last night, that thought that if we had too many soldiers on Guam that we'd tip the island over? Who was that congressman? 
Yeah, Hank Johnson, right? Okay, now he's using analogies comparing the president to Hitler. Listen to this. Americans elected an authoritarian, anti-immigrant, racist, strong man to the nation's highest office. Donald Trump and his Make America Great Again followers who want to return America back to a time when white men and white privilege were unchallenged and where minorities and women were in their place. Hitler led a political movement of anti-education, anti-science racists who focused on nationalism with rhetoric about making Germany a strong country which would result in prosperity for the German people who were hurting due to the disruption caused by the Wall Street crash of 1929 and the effects of the Great Depression. All right, well, you know what? Sound just, familiar? America is going to know in huge numbers, mark my words, that the House of Representatives is now controlled by the hard, radical, hate Trump left. But... With that said, they've got some questions they've got to answer. They've got constituents that I'm sure want border security. They probably in their districts have issues involving opioids and drugs that are destroying families. And a lot of those drugs, where are they coming from? The southern border. They probably, you know, have constituents that maybe don't have the job opportunities at the pay levels that people want in part because of the cheap labor that crosses our southern border. Maybe they want some controls over that um, because that's impacting a lot of communities. So the president is saying, well, if it takes a year, I hope it doesn't. I hope I can get it solved quickly. I was here all through Christmas and New Year's waiting to negotiate. They weren't they were in Hawaii in the Bahamas. And the president came out today, met them all and said, all right, let's do a deal. Um, what do you have there, Linda? You're talking about. We ear. have Hank Johnson talking about the capsizing. It's from 2010. If you want to remind your audience, he really didn't say this. Did no, he no, said, I have the tape. I just found it. He said so. This guy, Hank Johnson, said that if we put too many trips on uh, troops on Guam, that the island is going to tip over. He said that. Here and we go. have the tape of it. Yeah, my my fear is that uh, the whole island will uh, become so overly populated that it will tip over and uh, and capsize. Ah. Uh, we don't anticipate that. The uh... Oh, man. You can't make this up. Wow. Anyway, so the president today, you know, the president's approval rating hasn't shifted much. Think about this. President's approval rating has stayed solid. The American people that voted for him love that he fights. They elected him to fight. They elected a disruptor. They elected an iconoclast. The only thing you hear from some Republicans, Mitt Romney is upset over his style. Well, Mitt Romney's style didn't get elected. Mitt Romney could have won in 2012. These are all conservative solutions that he's implementing, things I've advocated 30 years of my career. Schumer came out and said that the meeting from his point of view and Speaker Pelosi's was contentious. He also said, you said in the meeting, this is him quoting you, I just want to check, that the shutdown could go on for months or even a year or longer. Did you say that? And I is did. that your I did. 
Is that Border your assessment of where we are? That. Absolutely, I said that. I don't think it will, but I am prepared, and I think uh, I can speak for Republicans in the House and Republicans in the Senate. They feel very strongly about having a safe country, having a border that uh, makes sense without borders. I've said it many times, we don't have a country. Uh, I hope it doesn't go on even beyond a few more days. It really could open very quickly. Uh, I told them that uh, bring who you want. We have three people. You can ideally bring three, but you can bring six, you can bring nine, you can bring 12. And they're going to be working over the weekend. I think it may have been somewhat contentious, but I think it was very productive. I have to say that. And I think he said that, too. All right. That was the president in the Rose Garden after meeting with Democratic leaders. Uh, Day 14 of the government partial shutdown continues and the battle over the border funding as well. Nancy Pelosi thinking she's being really, really Really strong. I'll give him a penny. You're not getting your wall, Mr. President. All right, so she's dug in. Uh, The president also saying that he might declare a national security emergency down at the border. Um, And, you know, the behavior of Pelosi and Schumer and their need now to tend to the radical uh, element that has been elected in, you know, in, in the Congress is a real problem for them. That's a very big problem. Um, And the funny thing is, is all these Democrats we've played for you many times are on record saying that they want the border wall. If you go back to the end of last year, what do you say to the 12 Americans that were killed by illegal immigrants in 2018 alone? Or what do you say to the family of Officer uh, Singh, a legal immigrant, who has a five-month-old son that will never see his father again? Well, what do you say to the families that have been ravaged by the opioid epidemic and heroin addictions that have been going on and fentanyl problems, 90% of which is coming across our southern border? What do you say about those people that, you know, the, the government aiding and abetting further criminality when illegal immigrants create crimes and then they're protected by so-called sanctuary cities and states that refuse to work with ICE and follow the legal process and the national immigration laws, and that is to hand them over to officials when their time is served in jail for whatever local crimes they may have committed, sometimes violence, sometimes not, and that these people then go on to commit other crimes, which seems to be the case in, in Officer Singh and, and the person, this individual, is involved in the criminal justice system. You know, what do we say? Democrats were never going to identify what they really wanted to run on. Well, now they're identifying it. They've already uh, filed articles of impeachment. They want endless investigations. Now they're trying to pass a law to get Trump's tax returns for 10 years. Then they're going into his family foundation. Then they're going to stay on Russia, you know, ad nauseum for the next 50 years if they can. There's nothing that they're proposing that would benefit the American people. They want to get rid of the Electoral College. They want to make D.C. another state uh, that they're proposing. Ocasio-Cortez, she's talking about a 70 percent federal income tax rate. And by the way, if you live in California, New York, that's 85 percent. That's 85 cents of every dollar. But the bottom line is we have a crisis at our border. It's not the majority of people that cross the border. Many of them risk everything. They risk their lives they they cross the border in the hopes of a better life for them, their family, their children. But 
in light of the drugs that have been crossing the border, infiltrating small towns and big cities across America, in spite of the human trafficking aspects, in spite of terrorists even being arrested and people with terrorist ties being arrested, working their way in with the general population of people that just want a better life, well, that's a threat to every American. And that is a national security issue, as is gang members and cartel members that have been literally profiting off the demise of uh, many Americans uh, by bringing their drugs in and expanding it through every part of the, the country. And walls work. Barriers work. Where we put them up, they're effective. Anyway, joining us now... I'm uh, glad you're with us. Hour 2, 800-941-SEAN is our number. His former director of ICE, Tom Homan, is with us. How are you, sir? Well, I'm a little scared now listening to you for the last 10 minutes. It's, in- it's incredible when you think about what's going on in this country. You know, it's- I hope your listeners are listening. I hope they start making phone calls. Well, I mean, I hope they start making phone calls. I know that we're going to talk to Jim Jordan and Mark Meadows later in the program today, and they put out a new ad. We'll play that for people, but... They want the country to know. The amazing thing, though, Tom, is that the Democrats that I'm mentioning, that would be Obama. That would be Hillary. That would be Chuck Schumer, Durbin, others. They sounded more like Trump and their desire to build a wall than Trump does. So it seems the only reason that they're against it now is because they don't want the credit going to the president, I guess. I mean, I can't think of any other reason. Absolutely. That is absolutely, you are accurate. That's what I've been saying for the last few weeks. This isn't about border security. This is about not giving this president a win. His first first year, under under the first year of President Trump, when I was director of ICE, illegal immigration on the southwest border is at a 45-year low. That's Mm -hmm. not coincidence. That's because he sent a strong message, we want to force laws on build a wall. It wasn't until they became aware, well, the Democrats aren't going to let them build a wall. They're going to push back on it. The Democrats want to expand in sanctuary cities. The Democrats want to abolish ICE. When they hear all this stuff, that that entices more people to come to this country, which you said it bankrolls criminal organizations and bankrolls are criminal cartels. If we're going to save lives and we're going to prevent Again, let's assume for a minute that 99% of the people that want to cross into the country illegally are, are people that just want a better life. They, they don't want to go through the legal process. Let's assume it's 99%. But the other 1% of the drug cartels, the MS-13 gangs, the people that have terror-related ties, the traffickers, the human traffickers, drug traffickers, well... You know, we keep losing Americans. Some Americans are dying as a result of open borders. And I think there are some things, Tom, in life that are worth fighting for. And I think this is one of them. And I think it's a big reason why the president got elected. And I think the president needs to hold firm here and guarantee that he gets that money. Now, he's saying he can get it other ways if he declares a national emergency. But then I think we have a legal court battle and I think Congress should step up and do what's in the national interest, national security interest of the United States. Absolutely. I, I, I talked to the president, I don't know, about six days ago, and, and he's, I think he's going to stick by his guns. And I, the other night on, on Fox, uh, uh, news shows on the other night, I, I pleaded with the president that what he needs to do, Sean, 
He needs to go around, Nancy and Chuck, at this point, and speak directly to the American people. The secretary tried to give them a briefing a few days ago on what exactly the numbers look like on the secretary border. Secretary Nielsen. Diseases are coming across the border. How many gang members? Secretary Nielsen. The president ought to have a primetime news conference with America, put those charts up there and say, okay, MS-13 arrests on the southern border have doubled, which they have, 183%. The, the seizure of, uh, of opioids, uh, fentanyl, that is that 72,000 people died this year from, is increased 183%. They arrest over 7,000 people coming across the border. They're already criminals. Hundreds of people that are known suspected terrorists. Put the charts up there and show the American people what is really going on the southwest border. Then the second part, show them the charts of here's how many people entered through Yuma without a fence, and here's a drastic decline after we put a fence up. Do it for San Diego, Yuma, El Paso. Show the American people that the Democrats are lying to you. There is disease coming across the border. There's criminals coming across that border. In every place they've built a barrier, it has worked. Because the Democrats, like you saying, they're ineffective, they're immoral. It works. 100% of the time, wherever they built it. And disease, just disease. I was director of we dealt with hundreds of TB cases. There was one case I remember, Sean, there, there's, there's a, a, an adult with TB. It was drug-resistant. We spent hundreds of thousands of dollars, kept him you know, detained for months at a time, working with the CDC and the Texas Department of Health, trying to find out how to treat this gentleman. Now, what would have happened if he would have got out into society? And so those that, those that get around the Border Patrol, who stick by the Border Patrol, who the Border Patrol because there is no wall, that's what's coming into this country. So I hope the president speaks to the American people, gives them the truth and numbers on the border. Because I even think a lot of the Democrat voters, once they really know what's going on there and, and they get the truth from this administration, I think even they are going to be concerned what's going on that border. And hopefully they will call the representatives and say, get that border secure. Let me ask you about, um, because we've now seen recent incidents, one during the caravan and one on New Year's Eve, where ICE agents were being pelted with rocks and bottles and, and people trying to break down the wall to, to get into the country illegally. And you had a, um, you, you were being grilled by Senator Kamala Harris of uh, California on the issue, and she tried to say that there's a perception problem with ICE being akin to the Ku Klux Klan. Let me play it for you. The Klan was a, what we would call today a domestic terrorist group. Why? Why, why would we call them domestic terrorist group? Because they tried to use fear and force to change political environment. And what was the motivation for the use of fear and force? It was based on race and ethnicity. Right. Are you aware of the perception of um, many about how the, the, the power and the discretion at ICE is being used to enforce the laws? And do you see any parallels? I do not see any parallels between I'm talking about officers and agents. I'm talking about perception. I, I do not see a parallel between what is constitutionally mandated as, in, as it relates to enforcing the law. Are you aware that there's a right. perception? I see no Are you aware that there's a that perception? That puts ICE in the same category as the KKK. Is that what you're asking me? I, I, I don't even know what to say. Your your agents put their lives on the line, well, look, enforce you, the laws, and she's she's saying that there's a perception between ICE enforcing our nation's laws on anybody who's breaking them with the Ku Klux Klan. What were you thinking? Well, look, when I saw that, the bottom line is if, if there's a bad perception out there, there's a perception being pushed by the Democratic leadership. It's being pushed by the, the left media because all ISIS does every day, the men and women of ICE, they protect, you know, they put themselves in harm's way to enforce the laws enacted by Congress. 
So if, if ICE is doing the wrong thing, then is, did Congress do the wrong thing when they enacted these laws? ICE isn't making this stuff up. ICE is enforcing laws enacted by Congress. But what her, you got to remember, things she said about ICE, Nancy Pelosi, she made a comment when I was director saying that ICE agents were all terrorizing innocent immigrant communities. ICE doesn't arrest innocent people. ICE arrests people who violate the laws of this country. So the perception they want to push out there is that ICE is a deportation force. They're, 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 they're separating families all over the nation. All you got to do is look at this year's numbers ICE released a few weeks ago. 87% of everybody ICE arrested in the interior of the United States had a criminal conviction or pending criminal charges. That's nine out of every 10. That's prioritization, but you, you never hear the last talking about that. So I said the other day, ICE arrested in the, in the United States last year 138,000 criminals. Well, I want you to hold that thought there. I don't want, want you to give them. The All right, Tom Holman is with us, uh, former director of ICE. I just want you to give the numbers so people understand what we're talking about and how many people we're talking about. Tom Holman is the former director of ICE. All right, just spout the numbers. Let people understand what we're talking about. Drugs, uh arrests of, of gang members and cartel members and firearms and and potential alleged terrorists or people with ties to terrorists. What do we got coming across the border? Not the 98% that want a better life. Look, if you look at what the Border Patrol just released for your stats, the rest of MS-13 members have doubled. The, if you look at the criminals, that, now Border Patrol arrested almost 7,000 illegal aliens. They, are, they were already criminals. They already had serious criminal convictions. And that's just what they caught. We know how many entered. And if you look at, you know, uh, fentanyl, we know that fentanyl is a dangerous issue in this country. There was about 72,000 over, overdose deaths last year. The seizure of fentanyl is doubled between the ports of entry. So it's not just about illegal immigration. It's about, it's about drugs. And, and to, to put this perspective, ICE this year arrested 138,000 illegal aliens that were either had, already had a criminal conviction or were pending serious charges. That's 138,000 people. They just didn't miraculously appear here in the United States. They entered the country illegally. And you said it yourself, and we don't even know what that real number is going to be because when Sanctuary City started, ICE was kicked out of jails. They were kicked out of L.A. County, San Francisco, Rikers Island, for God's sakes, where we used to arrest a lot of, of dangerous illegal aliens that were pending criminal charges. But when they kicked ICE out of the jails, now ICE... When they run fingerprints, if you get arrested and you, they run your finger, finger, fingerprints through NCIC, it bounces against DHS databases, and, and ICE knows, okay, they're in the jail. So we send a detainer. But when ICE used to be in the jails, we would identify those foreign-born nationals that had no fingerprint records. So they can be fingerprinted And now legally you can't do that. You can't do DHS. that in California, can you? No, you, we've been kicked out of California jails. Look, we got kicked out of Rikers Island Jail in New York City, but California's been far the worst. They, they have no. The no. California Sheriff's Association joined me in asking Governor Brown not to sign the sanctuary law, but he did it anyway. Well, we heard we heard from the sheriff out at where Officer Singh was killed, and he said sanctuary city laws helped this. Unfortunately, tragedy, murder. All right, thank you, Tom Holman. Less big government. This is the Sean Hannity Show. All right, 25 now till the top of the hour. Toll free. Telephone number is 800 941 Sean. 
there are things that are worth fighting for. There are battles worth worth engaging in. I don't know why there is this mysterious fear and reluctance and resistance and concern and worry and anxiety among Republicans when they take a stand for specific promises they have made. Because I think it's just the opposite will happen of what they think is going to happen. Well, we can't shut down the government. We're going to be blamed for it. Um, Well, they said that in 2013 going into 2014 when Ted Cruz took a stand on Obamacare and said, well, we have the power of the purse constitutionally and we can shut down. uh, We we could literally defund Obamacare if only the Republicans had the spine and a backbone to fight to keep that promise. Now, we made progress during the the negotiations on the on the president's tax cut bill and we got rid of the individual mandate and that's a good start because that takes out a big chunk or big heart of the Obamacare premise which was keep your doctor keep your plan and save less but there is a real fear I don't know why politicians don't associate keeping a promise fighting for what you said you would do and the electoral success that would inevitably follow now, and, and by the way, maybe you do lose your job. Is it worth that much to you that you're willing to sell out, compromise? Does the word congressman, senator, governor, is it that important to you? You know, this is not a complicated issue when it comes to the border. I, it really is not. And what you're watching in President Trump is something that we don't see in a lot of politicians. I'm watching my... I I don't tweet and do my Instagram or my Facebook, but I'm very aware of what is in my timelines. And I'm very aware when people call me and I'm very aware when I meet people and I'm very in tune to what people are saying and thinking. And everybody that I know that's a conservative is watching the president in this fight. They're saying, keep it up. Don't don't give in. They don't want people to give in because we've had this problem forever. It's obvious the Democrats that supported all of this five years ago are only playing politics because they don't want the president to get the win. It's Should it be about winning and losing Republican, Democrat, conservative, liberal, or should it be about, well, what is in the best interest of the American people? And this is what I keep telling you. I mean, you know, we've got new Congress members that are saying that we're going to impeach the MFR talking about the president. And, and advocating openly for a 70% federal income tax. They want their crumbs back, and then they want a hell of a lot more. They want full redistribution and Medicare for all. And, you know, we can never afford the things that they want to promise, just like the, the a promise of Obamacare was never going to be kept. You know, it's a winning issue to say that we want to stop the drug trafficking, the human trafficking, the violence at our borders, that we want control of our borders, we want legal immigration, we want to be able to vet people to know they're not associated with violent gangs or even worse terrorist groups. We are sympathetic to people that want what we probably all take advantage of and and maybe don't give enough thanks for, and that is the liberty and the freedom to pursue our happiness and our dreams and our God-given talents. 
I mean, stopping drugs, human trafficking, gang members, potential terrorists from entering the country is a pretty strong hand from my perspective. And with the death of Officer Singh, it just highlights he's just the latest person to die. In part, as the sheriff out there said, because of sanctuary policies where where ICE is not allowed to go into and to identify those illegal immigrants that had committed other crimes, some violent, and say enough is enough, you're going back, you're deported after you serve your sentence. How many more innocent people have to die before some of these politicians are willing to protect the border? We have this insidious, evil opioid crisis in the country all over the place. 172 people are dying a day. How many more people have to die of a drug overdose when 90% of the heroin, which is used to replace the, the, the Percocet, the Oxycontin, and the Vicodin that people get addicted to, you know, how many people have to die before we take notice that maybe we ought to secure the border for that reason and prevent these drug cartels from targeting every small town and big city in the country? How many more people with terror ties are we going to catch at the border? And even worse, how many get through? Because we've caught people with terror ties and violent gang member ties. I've been down there 13 times. What about fair wages and saving American jobs? You know, we had great job numbers today, but and for the first time in over a decade, you know, we've seen rising wages for the middle class in America at a significant rate president was touting that today you'll never get any of this success from the corrupt media that even it was funny listening to you know jill abramson former new york times executive editor saying that you know basically her newspaper and their so-called news coverage is biased against the president i mean i can go through a whole series of stuff going on over at fake news cnn suggesting They're actually blaming Trump for illegals attacking Border Patrol agents. Well, why? Because they didn't let them in and they didn't open the borders. You know, or CNN's Nina Turner saying that Republicans need to go change the president's diapers. This 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 is news in America. There is no news there. We have an information crisis. All right. I want to get to our busy telephones. Um, Now, this is who I think it is. Right, Linda, on my phone. All right. So. A, a distant relative of mine, if you've ever heard me talk about my family, I've, I've, I've said my mom was a, worked in a prison. My dad was a family court probation guy. And I've talked many times how I stand on the shoulders of my all four of my grandparents because they came to this country with little or no money. Legally, by the way, I have the papers through Ellis Island. And my grandfather's name was Cornelius Flynn and his brother's name was David Flynn. And while many members and extended family members became cops and worked in law enforcement, the two there were two members that made it to the upper echelon of the FBI. And I think this is one of them on my newsmaker line. Is this Bill? Is that Bill Flynn? Is this you? Yes, Sean. It's me, Bill. My brother, Pat, passed away in 2012, as you probably uh, heard in the family. I did, and- but I, I'm, I'm so sorry to hear that. You, you, know, you know that, especially... You, you, your mom and dad, I used to make your mom gin and tonics, right? That was her favorite drink? Yes, indeed. And uh, you used and di- to imitate my father smoking all the time. Yeah, because your father would smoke and he'd, get, he'd, he'd pucker his lips. He'd go, and he'd smoke Sean, like he that. Amazing. He'd be smoking yeah. a pipe telling me how he gave up smoking, you know? Um, well, let me tell you, you know, when I think back to those days and 
people like your dad, uh, your grand, your dad, and my my grandfather and and his brother, your your father. I mean, these were incredibly brave people that literally, you know, slaved away their entire adult lives so we could have a better life. You know, Sean, it's funny you say. I, I of course I feel that way too. But your mother was something special too. She oh, yes. was one number. I really admired her. She was she tough is. as nails, except she couldn't control me. That was I was the biggest disappointment in her life. <laughs> you know what? <laughs> no, Sean, I, I, no, no. Well, you, you were a little, you had a little maverick in you. Why, did we, call, why did we call your, your mom Birdie? I'm trying to remember. Why did we say that? They used to call her Bridie. Bridie. And, I'm uh, Bridie, yeah. Yeah. Uh, her name was Bridget, and they would, uh, they'd call it Bridie, but some people didn't get the Bridie part right, and they'd call it Birdie by mistake, you know? So uh, it was always a joke in the family. When you wanted to tease her, you'd call mm-hmm. her Birdie. You know, I'm so glad you called because, you know, I've been in the forefront in the, on this program of doing something that I find distasteful. Um, yeah. Because, uh, and you know my family, you know our background, and I mean it. I mean, I got this, you, you were years ago, I remember you'd have, you look like a hippie with long hair because of your job with the FBI. and. I did, yes, yes. It's and true. you and you very courageously were did infiltrations and 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 did really tough, dangerous work. And I've had to now go over what I think is some really only at the upper echelon. I don't talk about rank and file, special agents, the guys in the field offices, but some top guys at the FBI did things that were horrible. And it breaks my heart because of my deep respect, in part because of you and your brother and my whole family. For law enforcement, it is in our DNA to respect and and be thankful for law enforcement. Absolutely, sure. Let me say, my vintage. I worked for Cal. You know Jim Calstrom. I I oh, worked Jim love Calstrom. him. Love him. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I worked for Jim for about ten years, so I'm of that vintage. I've been out of there twenty years, yeah. but I can honestly tell you, I don't know anybody in my vintage who does who does not understand exactly what you said, and they're absolutely disgusted by what's gone on with the Comey era people. Uh, it's just sickening to us. And I don't understand why they haven't reached back at some point and really go in and, and special prosecute or get a good look at what went on under Comey and the Justice Department. They totally, absolutely embarrassed the Bureau. Could you imagine, now think about this, and think of your years in the FBI, um, and by, I'm so glad you called the program. I'm going to get your numbers, and I want to reconnect with you because uh, – I have a lot of stories to tell about your dad and mom that are pretty funny. The but but you and and, and Jim Calstrom is a dear friend and I love him and he's been on the pro, my programs a lot. Sure. And I will tell you, I mean, imagine getting a warrant and not verifying or corroborating allegations and not telling a FISA court judge, oh, the opposition party paid for it and we didn't verify it, but we're signing our name to it. That It blows my mind that that could happen in this it, country. It, it's, it's totally unacceptable. And then they take that thing and they use it as a weapon against uh, uh, President Trump during the election. And when that doesn't work out, then they use it as a, the, the information they got from it to go after him when he's the president. It's absurd. It's criminal. Why these people are getting away with it makes the rest of us guys out there, the old timers, sit around scratching our heads saying, what's going on? You know, you know, I have friends of mine today that are in the FBI and they actually say things like well, we feel embarrassed. And I keep telling them you have no reason to be embarrassed because you didn't do any of these things. And you 
every single law enforcement person in our extended family, including you and your brother, when you served in the FBI, or I think you remember the Kerwins too, right? And my, my yes, cousin Billy and Maureen. I mean, they were. I, two... I knew of them. I didn't know them personally, but I knew who they were. Oh, yes. the, 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 the greatest gift I ever got was a cop hat, a billy club, handcuffs. And, uh, you know, when I was five years old, I thought I was a cop. I really believed it. I used to arrest everyone in the family. I'm surprised I didn't put the cuffs on you. And You know, there's a picture, there's a picture of you in that thing floating around somewhere. No way. Really? No. Yeah, By the way, absolutely. there's no posting somewhere. any pictures by family members. It's a rule. <laughs> yeah, well, you don't want that thing online. <laughs> no, uh, listen, I don't want I don't want a lot of things online about my uh, past. So tell me, what yeah. are you doing now after all those years you served in the FBI? And how's your family doing? How's everybody doing? Everybody's fine. My wife is doing terrific, Linda. Um, mm-hmm. When I got out of the FBI, I had like three careers. I got involved with uh, the anti-piracy stuff for the recording industry, a friend of mine. And then I had another friend of mine worked for Chubb Insurance, and I used to do a little stuff for them. And then I got involved in an anti-money laundering compliance situation, and I don't know how much you're familiar with that, but some of these financial institutions got, got themselves in trouble for not you know, doing correct vetting of uh, different things. So they'd have to bring in uh, companies to come in, like myself being hired in, and go in and go through their money laundering stuff to make sure that they're up to snuff and find out how, just how corrupt they were or weren't, you know. But that's yeah. what I was doing. But, I'm, you know, I'm old now, you know, so I'm just – I got my – my, my feet up enjoying life, Sean, and part of which is you every day. And my, the only other person who was a bigger fan than me was my brother, Pat. You know, I, I, it's funny. I, have you heard me say that I have members in my family in the FBI that were considered deity? I, you knew I was talking about you, right? Yeah, I did. And I swear, every time you did it, I get it absolutely tickled inside. I really, I really well, am. And but continue I, on. Feel free to throw my name in if you like too. But I'll be glad my wife to. But and I sit there holding hands, smiling when uh, when I hear that stuff. And I think Calstrom's going to get a big surprise when he realizes. He, oh, I'm calling Calstrom tonight. I'm going to give him a buzz and tell him. Uh, by the way, you know my buddy. Uh, you know your buddy yeah. Bill Flynn is is a close yeah. relative. Listen, I have yeah. really fond memories. Your your father yeah. and my grandfather. They were brothers. And they yep. came to this country, and I got the documents. They had ten dollars in their pocket. That's it. Yes, that's and right. They, you know, they they lived through the depression. They never had much of anything. It was a big deal for them to to even get a decent apartment and a nice place for our, for us, and raised us with right. I think the best values. So many of our family went into law enforcement. I have such a deep respect and. And how you guys made it to the upper echelon was such yeah. a tribute to you, you guys, and it was a, it was the pride of the family, it really was. Now I'm, I'm the black sheep, but you're, you guys were the pride of the family. <laughs> you know, it's um, funny. Yeah. yeah, you had a cousin. I don't know if you remember if, if Francis Mason. Fran- oh, of Francis. course, I, I remember Francis Mason. Yeah, of course. Sure. Well, Francis was a cop as well, you know, and yeah. uh, I, I think Connie Flynn was a cop at one point. You mean my, right? my, my my grandfather? No, no, you you're, uh, would be his son, I guess. Oh no, no, yeah. Before, well, that was his. That was my uncle Cornelius, who then got really yeah. wealthy, and then he was crazy, yeah, and he, he died at a pretty young age. He died at forty-eight. I think he was a cop for a short period of time. He might have been. I, you know what, he might have yeah. been. I was closer yeah, to the yeah. Kerwins, and you know, sadly, yeah. uh, Billy, who I loved, was you know he got he got leukemia at a really early age and uh, that family went through a lot of tragedy at the time and then his father died the next day it was unbelievable uh, um, that is sad 
But All right. But uh, listen, to I'm going to get you numbers. I'm going to put you on hold. And I'm so glad you checked in. And I'm glad that you you picked up my messages to you because it was well-deserved and it's a family truth. And uh, I'm, uh, I'll be checking in with you and Jim in the next couple of days. So uh, thank you so much for checking in. I appreciate it. Man, see, I tell I have the greatest family. Loved law enforcement. We were brought up that way. It was in our DNA, period. Hollywood is under siege from an external force. Now the same Hollywood that sold the American dream. They are now making nightmares a reality. Many major films make choices to appease the Chinese Communist Party to be distributed in China. Now you can join Tiffany Meyer, an investigative reporter in the Hollywood Takeover brought to you by the Epic Times, where she reveals how the CCP exerts control over some of the major studios. Now, don't miss the most important documentary about Hollywood yet. And for a limited time, you can watch the first 10 minutes for free at HollywoodTakeover.com slash Sean, S-E-A-N. Hey, Sean Hannity here. If you're in a situation where you feel threatened, well, instinct, that might drive you to reach for a lethal means immediately. But we all want to avoid the irreversible consequences of using deadly force. Now, enter. The Burner, less lethal, pistol launcher. It is equipped with tear gas and kinetic ammo. It can incapacitate any attacker for up to 40 minutes. It's legal in all 50 states. It requires no background checks, and it can be shipped right to your door. Go to their website, byrna.com slash Hannity right now, and you'll get 10% off. Hey, warmer days remind us of fond summer memories. Now you can make those moments year-round with a Michael Phelps swim spa by our friends at Master Spas, and that combines the leisure of a hot tub with the exercise benefits of a pool. Now Master Spas technology is incredible with LED lighting, beautiful waterfalls, and those super powerful water jets installed in just one day. You're going to love it. Proudly made in America. Use the promo code Hannity in the upper right-hand corner. That's masterspas.com for up to $1,000 off. You can exercise, relax, recover with the only hot tub and swim spa brand I trust, masterspas.com. 